What is going on? Welcome to RCC at home. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. If you've seen The Truman Show, you know what that's all about. Welcome. We're so excited to have you. My name is Danny. And my name's Natasha. We love you, our RCC online family. If you have not already, hit that subscribe button and the little bell to be notified when new videos are released here. Now, one thing that we do have to tell you, well, a few things, but few this, things. Is, this is a very important thing. If you are not already, connected here in the sense that you haven't filled out a red card you want to do that because there's some upcoming announcements you're gonna to want to know yeah red cards are the best way to kind of like really integrate yourself with RCC as a family we love to have you and of course you also get updates on all the things that we got going on now speaking of things going on mm -hmm. really big thing going on for me personally you know what it is do you know my role here at RCC? If you know my role here at RCC, then you know what it is. Student life. Student life is back. The school year. Kids are back in school, so we are back here Wednesday nights, 6.30 to 8.30. Last Sunday, we had our bonfire kickoff. Last Wednesday was our first night back here. And if you have kids grade 6 through 12th, you don't want to make sure that they're here on Wednesdays. It's a great opportunity for them to be with other students having a ton of fun and learning and growing in their faith. Speaking about fun, we also have a concert coming up. RCC is sponsoring Concert on the Green right here in downtown Ripon on September 17th. And we would love for you to come out, for you to bring some friends. It's going to be a great time. There will be popcorn and cotton candy cotton candy, and bounce houses for the kids. It's a family event. Everyone is welcome. And we can't wait to see you and your friends in person. We have just one more announcement for you guys this morning, but I think... We're just going to let Pastor Sam take this one. Hey RCC family, welcome to RCC at home. I've got a quick exciting announcement for you today. Over the past year we've had limited space for RCC kids, but starting this next weekend we're expanding our space for RCC kids. Our kids will have even more space to spread out and even more focused chances to learn about God's love and to have just a ton of fun. And this also means, and I'm pretty excited about this, this also means that the great room will open up this coming weekend for you to grab yourself a cup of delicious coffee downstairs after a service. I'm pretty jacked about that fact. I can't wait for some good hot coffee next weekend. And I hope you'll consider getting here in the near future and experience this amazing church family in person. Uh, that said, we love providing this opportunity for you to remain connected through these online at-home services. We love that you are part of the RCC family. Uh, talking about coffee and like good food and that sort of thing, it actually, it's got me thinking, uh, Meg and I, my wife and I, we, we've got our places, uh, these places that we've gone to over the years that we absolutely love. If we go down to Madison, we try to get to a, a restaurant called Merchant. It's delicious. It's so good. Uh, if we go to Milwaukee this last summer, we discovered a new one. We actually went there for our anniversary. It's called Buckley's. It's in downtown Milwaukee. And I had this sandwich. It was, it was a spicy chicken sandwich. Not like the spicy chicken sandwich you get at McDonald's. Like this thing had jalapenos pouring off of it. it 
It was so delicious. I literally was sweating like tears of, of like too spicy coming down my eyes. It was insane. It was amazing. I couldn't even finish the thing. It was that spicy. If you're ever up in Door County, one of our favorite places to go to is a place called Trixie's. Uh, don't go there hungry because the serving sizes are tiny, but it's such a cool place. It's got delicious food. It's so great. Uh, another place, we were up in Marquette, our family does a weekend trip in Marquette every summer. Kind of go for a long weekend and we were there just a little bit ago and we discovered this new bakery called 312 Bakery. And I have to tell you, they have the best, by just such a large amount that I've ever had, the best ham and cheese croissant ever. Like it's buttery goodness wrapped in this Oh, just it's so incredible. I love it. If you're here and you don't want to drive very far, go to Princeton, go to Horseradish. That's one of our favorite places. And I know this is weird for me to start out with this, but I love telling people about places or experiences I've had. It's, it's like telling them or letting them in on the secret that I know is going to improve their life. And I, I just can't keep it to myself. But really what I'm doing, really what I'm doing is just stealing all of my wife Meg's hard work. Like she's the researcher. She finds these places. She does all the research. She's on the internet trying to find the best places to eat when we go someplace and, and she finds them and then we go there and it's always amazing. And then and I'm just the one that tells everybody about them because, because I just can't help it. Like it's just who I am. I even do this with, with Rippin, with our community. I was in Phoenix, Arizona a few months back for this pastoral training thing. And, and I felt like I couldn't stop talking about how amazing this place that we live is. Like I was talking about, oh, it's a great downtown. It's a nice little town. There's restaurants galore. There's awesome shops. There's Green Lake like a few miles away. Why wouldn't you want to live here? <laughs> and best of all, the people, right? We have all these amazing people here in this town. It, it just kept coming out of me. This is just who I am. But here's the thing, I could rave about restaurants and places to visit and about ripping until I lost my voice and couldn't talk anymore. But if you don't trust me, if you don't think it's worth listening to me, it'd be like, it'd be like I was raving about how much I love the Chicago Bears in a brew pub in Green Bay on game day. I'd be wasting my breath. Best, best case scenario, you just don't listen. Worst case scenario, you give me the boot and a few bruises as a bonus. For the record, I just want you to know uh, I would never do such a thing and I am no Chicago Bears fan, just so you're aware. But here it is. Here's the point. Telling people something is worth nothing if the life you're living lacks the substance required to make them willing, willing to listen. As we finish our cancel culture series by finishing this book of Colossians today, today we talk about the whole bit, the whole Monty, all of it together. Because if you're listening right now and, and you believe in Jesus, then you have found an incredible treasure. A way of life taught and demonstrated by Jesus that sets you free from the unpredictable, impossible to please, shame-inducing, dehumanizing culture we've all spent our entire lives navigating. 
Jesus offers us a way of life, a way of life that cancels out that culture by showing us a good, honest, healing, purposeful life to live, even in the midst of a, of a messy world. It's a, a treasure, one that far surpasses any restaurant recommendation, financial tip, vacation spot, or any of those things. But why then? Why then sometimes is it so hard to share with others? And why when we do, when we start talking about Jesus or our faith, why then do the defense walls just so quickly immediately fly up in the air? Here's what I think. It's because for generations, Christians have often welcomed the, the grace, the forgiveness, the love that Jesus offers, but we've shrunk from the responsibility of it. It's why for many people, Christian is just another word for hypocrite. But listen to what Paul calls us to here. In these final verses in Colossians, look at what he says. He says this. He says, devote yourself to pray with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Pray for us, too, that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. That is why I'm here in chains. Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. Live wisely among those who are not believers. And make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. <clears throat> There's so much in there, but I'm curious, did, did you catch the gracious and the attractive part? And I just have to ask, if Jesus were to pop into your office or, or into the shop where you work or at the lunch table or, or even into your text messages or your Snapchat feed or whatever it is, would he find your conversations to be gracious and attractive? Yikes. <laughs> Quick fun fact. Attractive, the word attractive was the word this translation of the Bible used for a Greek word that when you literally translate the word, it actually means seasoned well with salt. So maybe our conversations aren't always gracious, but plenty of our conversations are salty. And if you don't know what that language is, I mean, or what that means, what salty is, um, ask your parents. It's basically some maybe not so nice words. But all kidding aside, God wants our conversations to be gracious and delicious, tasty, the kind of thing that brings people back desiring more. And if you don't know what that looks like, you, you don't have to look very far. Paul actually describes this kind of conversation in the verses we just read. It, it was easy to miss because it was about a conversation with God, not with people. Have a look. I mean, we just read it. It says this. It says... Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Pray for us, too, that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. That is why I'm here in chains. Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. I mean, Paul being in chains is one thing, right? Like, we can talk about that for a long, long time. But, but today, we're going to talk about this. He says, pray, talk to God with what? with an alert mind, with a, a thankful heart. About what? What are you supposed to talk about? You're supposed to talk about a powerful purpose, the furthering of God's kingdom and, and the spreading of the message of Jesus. I don't know about you, but that's a conversation I want to be a part of, whether it's with God or, or with a friend. I want to be present. 
I want an alert mind. I mean, what a treasure it is today to experience someone's full attention. I mean, when's the last time that happened? I want a thankful heart. I want to talk to someone who is grateful for more things than they complain about. I want to be thinking about things that are joyful and things that matter. I mean, conversations about the weather and the Packers and school and work and pop culture or whatever else, they're, they're all great. Those are wonderful conversations, but eventually, eventually you want to get to the most consequential stuff. Conversations about furthering a purpose, especially one that furthers God's good in this world. And this is how we can pray to God. This is how we can also have gracious, attractive, delicious, even well-seasoned, salty conversations. Let's keep our conversations salty. I mean, you may know the best restaurant, the very best vacation place on the planet. But I'm not listening if I don't think I can trust you. If you've done nothing to make me believe that it's worth listening to you. If your conversations aren't gracious or attractive, telling people something is worth nothing if the life you're living lacks the substance required to make them willing. Willing to listen. And listen, we have access to a treasure. A treasure that lived a perfect life, was willing to endure death on the cross. A treasure that, that paid a ransom with his life and then overcame the powers of death and sin, outpouring forgiveness and a new life that, that flies in the face of the powers of this world and any culture in it. We have access to that treasure. In fact, whether you know it or not, we represent that treasure to the world. I mean, you got to ask yourself, if that's the case, do I represent that treasure well? Because we represent it whether you like it or not. Someone sees you walk out of church or, or mention going to church once. You know, you now represent this church and Jesus to that person. Is your life, are your conversations, your actions, are they gracious? Are they attractive? Are they well seasoned with the salt of Jesus? Now, really quickly, please notice what I have not said what God is not asking, what Paul does not require in his letter. He's not saying, hey, you got to be perfect now. He's not saying you're never allowed to mess up ever again. It's not possible. You can't do that. Or, or if you've made mistakes, uh, you're disqualified. You're not worthy anymore. You're out. No, he, he doesn't say that. He says your worthiness is contingent on one thing and, and one thing alone, your trust in and reliance on the saving power of Jesus. When you trust Jesus, something happens. He, he fills you yourself. He fills you with his Holy Spirit. His Spirit guides your life and decisions. He convicts you when you need change and, and empowers you with what to say when when, like in verse 6, Paul asks us to have the right response for everyone. Sometimes people have questions and we just got to have answers. And Jesus, through his spirit, gives us those answers. The more you listen to this guide God gives us, the more we get to experience and, in turn, represent this treasure we've been given well. Our credibility in this life 
comes from our character. The quality of our character is dependent on how well we are obedient to God in the way we live our lives. Gratefully, the kind of life God asks us to live is a life that produces love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and self-control. All of these things are, are the fruit we're given, the fruit that, that emerges from our life no matter the circumstances when we follow God. Your life, your life's going to be more gracious and attractive and delicious to others, not when it's all hunky-dory, not when it's all peaches, milkshakes, roses, and rainbows. It'll be when it's hard. It'll be when there are difficulties of all, when, it's, when there are all these difficulties of life, and yet we still have a reason for hope, when we still can feel real and honest gratitude towards God. A friend of mine uh, the other day, he, uh, he shared with me this kind of geeky science fact. And he shared a story about how these trees, right, they did a study. These trees were grown inside of this dome. And inside of this dome, there's no wind. And so there's this dome, right, trees growing up. And as it grows, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And it grows really, really fast. But then before the tree reaches maturity, something happens. It falls over and it dies without wind. When trees were grown outside of that dome, where there's wind and the elements of, of normal life, when the wind comes, they actually grow a kind of wood that's called stress wood. And when that happens, the roots actually develop more. And it actually causes them to grow stronger and, and more mature. I don't know about you, but the past year plus has had plenty of wind. And I've experienced, personally, more struggles with church stuff in this past year, with COVID stuff this past years, with struggles in, in, in just busyness and normal everyday life, with challenges that arise with friends and family, more in this past year than maybe any other year in my life. And I think a lot of you are in similar places. But here's what I've noticed. It challenges your faith. And I have seen in so many people how their faith through the struggles has allowed them to grow stronger, sturdier, more hopeful, even in spite of the wind blowing around them. This is what God does. This is how he uses the stresses in our lives. This is also how our lives and conversations become gracious, attractive, well-seasoned because we've been through life and we're still standing and, and still hopeful. Now, there's something curious, uh, something curious that happens at the end of this chapter, end of, end of the book of Colossians. If you've ever read Paul, uh, Paul likes to really like to, he really likes to talk about people at the end of, of, his, of his letters. He'll recognize people, he'll uh, maybe greet different people, he'll 
give like a specific direction to a, a particular person. And this is actually pretty common at the time Paul was writing this letter. It was common at the end to have this last little acknowledgement of people at the end of a letter. But, but if you compare it with the other letters that were written at the time, Paul goes nuts with it. Like he's crazy. He talks about so many people. He, he seems like he's naming everybody. I mean, have a look. It's longer. But just, just appreciate the number of people that are talked about here. It says this. It says, Tychicus will give you a full report about how I am getting along. He is a beloved brother and faithful helper who serves with me in the Lord's work. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, to let you know how we are doing and to encourage you. I am also sending Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother, one of your own people. He and Tychicus will tell you everything that's happening here. Aristarchus, who is in prison with me, sends you his greetings, and so does Mark, Barnabas' cousin. As you were instructed before, make Mark welcome if he comes your way. Jesus, the one we call Justice, also sends his greetings. These are the only Jewish believers among my co-workers. They are working with me here for the kingdom of God, and what a comfort they have been. Epaphras, a member of your own fellowship and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends you his greetings. He always prays earnestly for you, asking God to make you strong and perfect, fully confident that you are following the whole will of God. I can assure you that he prays hard for you and also for the believers in Laodicea and Hierapolis. Luke, the beloved doctor, sends his greetings, and so does Damas. Please give my greetings to our brothers and sisters in Laodicea and to Nympha, the church that meets in her house. After you've read this letter, pass it on to the church of Laodicea so they can read it too. And you should read the letter that I wrote them and say to Archippus, be sure to carry out the ministry the, the, the ministry the Lord gave you. Here's my greetings in my own handwriting. Paul, remember my chains. May God's grace be with you. Whew! That's a lot. But I find it so remarkable. Because here Paul is, right? If anyone could make it all about himself, it'd be Paul. But he doesn't. Because it's about way more than any one person. It takes a community, a huge team. It takes a church of people living this treasure in the midst of a messy, often ugly world to show that world and in those many different cultures that are in it a Jesus way to live. And it makes me think of you, this community here, this world. It makes me think of our schools and teachers and kids. It makes me think of the companies in our communities and, and the coffee shops and the teams and, and every last social circle of Ripon and Berlin and Green Lake and Brandon and Rosendale and Marquesan and, and Princeton and Oshkosh and Fond Lake and on and on and anywhere you might be listening from right here, right now. These places, these, these people, they need us. They need us to represent this, this treasure, to represent Jesus well. Because it changes things. I mean, imagine what God could do through our students. I mean, if they go into that lunchroom and they sit down next to their friends and, and they begin to use gracious and attractive language, salty language, like the right kind of salty language. Imagine your workplace. If, if you walk in there and you choose to represent Jesus well in the way that you live and the way that you act and the way that you spend your time and, and the way that you discuss things with people. Imagine the sports teams you might coach, the scouts troop, the, the softball league. Imagine your neighborhood, the neighbors you pass every day if you were to represent Jesus well to them. It is a, it is a beautiful pe picture and it, it gets me emotional. 
But the only way it works is if it's real. Because we can't fake it. Why would you want to? We ourselves need it. We need to live it because we need personally the treasure of a life that Jesus gives as much as, as anyone. We need hope in the midst of hopelessness. We need joy when the world around us can't seem to find hardly any light. We need a purpose that's bigger than the paycheck and the kids' sports. We need Jesus. So let's live it. Let's, let's represent Jesus well so that, that maybe someday because you've earned their trust and they see the treasure of the way of life you have, no matter the circumstances, they see that treasure. And because of that, telling someone something might be worth everything because of the life you're living has the substance required to make them willing. Willing to listen. Listen. I can't do this alone. A church staff is, is not the church. We are. You are. All of us are. Online, in person, all of us. This is what cancels the unhealthy, excuse me, this is what cancels the unhealthy cultures we navigate. Let's pray and let's ask God to help us do it together. Would you pray with me? Dear God, we love you so much. We know that the treasure you offer us through Jesus is a treasure unlike any other. And when we live it and experience it, it is incredible. God, help us to experience and live that treasure the best we can. Make our conversations and our lives gracious and attractive and salty in all of your ways. Help it to be the kind of conversations, the kind of representations that represent you well. So that the people in our lives might see something new. And because they've learned to trust us, because we've been those kinds of people, not faking it, but really being those people, they can't help but want more. And we're ready with an answer. We're ready with the direction of directing to you. Change our communities through us, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, next week, we start a brand new series. It's a series that acknowledges the world today that can feel, let's be honest, a little hopeless at times. It's called Two Minute Warning, and it's all about Jesus' playbook for when the end feels near. We need to hear what Jesus has to say about it. I hope you'll tune in or be here in person. Either way, see you next week. Giving back to God with your finances is another way to worship. Did you enjoy the service today? All of the ministries here happen because of what is given through the offering each week. If you want to be a part of what God is doing here at RCC, all you have to do is go online to rccsunday.com and you can give there. It's an honor and a privilege to be on this mission with you.